Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 and AM 760 in Hawaii. I'm joined as always by Armani Buckets, Brandon Deutsch and Kayla Kinnearm every Wednesday. Kayla, how are you? Hey fellas, good to be back with you. Yes. Great, great day, great day for sports. <laughs> we got the. Don't we have the World Series today again? Because of the, yeah. because of the, yeah. So five, the rain. Five oh three Pacific. Yeah. America wins when the Astros lose. Did you guys see Mattress Mac and uh, the Phillies fans? I didn't know who this was. Oh, it's a great story. You, okay, so I mean, he's been doing it for years, and I remember I connected with him. Uh, the, so the first time I had heard about him was 2017. <laughs> You're but, saying great story, but did you see the latest video when he I was not. when he was cussing out the Phillies fan? Oh wow, that's why it was so funny. Okay, what? Apparently, the nicest man on the planet yeah. or something. When it was a um, hurricane in Houston, yeah. he basically had people come over to his shop. He gave out mattresses. I mean, he does so much. Wait, I'm so, not familiar with what mattress Mac Yeah, did. can we explain who this person is? I have no idea. So he's a Houston. He's a Texas he's area a degenerate like, gambler. Huge, he is. Yes. <laughs> probably probably a billionaire. Oh yeah, and he has like seventy-five million, the largest bet in sports history. If the Astros win, and he's an Astros fan, and so he's at the game yesterday, and everybody's like, "Mattress Mac, hey, hey, hey!" By the end of the game, the Philly sports fans had driven this man nuts because he was cussing them out, and everybody was like, "This is not who we know." Like, and apparently, yeah. like he just lost his wow, his cool with them, and I, I mean, gotta see that. It was, it was hilarious. He shot yeah. Philadelphia sports yeah, fans. Right? should have bet 75 mil on the Phillies. Then he wins either yeah. way. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We, we don't know because they still have time to cheat. So No, still. the Phillies are going to win. There we go. You know, so yeah. normally we uh, we begin the show with the um, headlines presented by Circus Sports. The Rams did not make a single headline. Brandon, I thought for sure when you look at where this team is at, they are three and four. Yes, they did not get Christian McCaffrey. But this team, historically speaking, you go back to when they made it to the Super Bowl and lost to the Patriots. You go back to a year ago, two big moves that really played a big part in them going to and winning the Super Bowl. For them not to make a move... There's no headlines here presented by Circus Sports. There was, there was nothing. Brandon, yeah. what gives? I mean, they almost pulled off a David Montgomery trade um, from what I was hearing with the Bears, but they didn't want to reach the price for David Montgomery. I'm glad the Bears didn't give the Rams David Montgomery. Um, I don't, you know, the Bears also, they made the trade for Claypool. They're chilling. But the Rams, absolutely nothing. I mean, Ronnie Rivers is now their starting running back. I don't think anybody knows who that is, but I mean, he's decent. He's actually not bad. He needs more touches. But... I mean, look, they got Bobby Wagner in the offseason. That was their big, like, okay, we're going to replace Von Miller with Bobby Wagner. He hasn't been bad. The rest of the defense besides Aaron, the big three, Bobby Wagner, Aaron Donald, Floyd as well, who went off last week and he had, what, like three sacks against Jimmy? He had a lot. But um, 
Floyd, Ramsey, Donald, and then uh, Bobby Wagner, there's like nobody else that's been good this year. And that's the yeah. problem. I mean, their defense was supposed to be very good. It's not. It's getting dominated. Their offensive line, terrible. I mean, you would have expected them to trade for either a running back or Something. an O-lineman. Nothing. I think the price was perhaps too high. I've been told that they did make phone calls, but listen, A, no one wants to help them. No one wants to help the Rams, but B, I think the price to make a deal right now was way too high. And I don't even know how many picks they have at this point. So, but yeah. I mean, it's not like they can give anything. So it's it's not like they didn't want to make a deal, but there was no deal to be had, apparently. I also think it's like they lost to the 49ers twice. It's going to be very difficult to win the division if the Mm. 49ers win the division, right? Because they have beaten them twice seattle's winning they're three and four i know they have we've talked about this they have i wouldn't say a cupcake schedule but very winnable games ahead for them and i do think the rams will turn it around and at least get nine wins maybe it's 10 maybe not 11 let's be real it's not they're three and no four. they're I three mean, and five 10 would be fantastic um when you look at where not, they're yeah, at right now i mean they're gonna win i think eight to ten games they're gonna lose to the chiefs but everybody else is like a, almost like 50-50. They have the Bucks this weekend. Yeah. That's a tough game. Both teams need to win. I'm really excited about that game, actually, because I think it's going to be a must-win game for both teams. You know, Tom Brady and the Bucks, And then, of course, the Rams, both three and... Are they three and four? No, they're three and four, huh? Three and, three so. and four. Because they had a bye week. Okay, but the Buccaneers are three and five. By the way, Tom Brady just went right up to that wall. We were thinking at some point he's going to hit the wall. He's a human being. He's not a robot. And listen, he's going through a lot right now with the, the divorce and everything like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, he does not look like himself. I mean, he looks like a guy who probably should have stayed retired. And yeah, I mean, it's not he's just not himself. he did have like 340 yards against the Ravens. Yeah, he was good. I mean, his team is injured. It doesn't feel the same. It doesn't, Their team and by is the way, worse. he is a human being. So at some point in time, he is going to hit that wall. Yeah. And then all the stuff happening off the field, mm-hmm. you know, so it, it but. This is a must-win game. For I mean, both these teams. for both teams. That, that's a great point. I, I mean, mean you're, yeah, you talk about two teams that played in a, a classic divisional round playoff yep. game, and now really their season's going to come on down to this game. Really? Yeah. No. Absolutely. I'm the NFC is wide open though. I, I'll attribute it to this. Last season, the 49ers were three and five to start the year. And then they went on that run. They got 10 wins, and they made it to the NFC Championship. So it's not dead in the water for either of these teams, nor is it for the Packers, as bad as they are. But, I mean, this is must-win for, for the Rams this week. It just surprised me they didn't make any moves. It kind of seems like the fan base, from what I've heard, they're like, oh, we're throwing in the towel this year. Yeah. And it's like, how much, how much longer is Donald going to play? I know he has that contract, but he could just retire. Oh, 100%. I mean, if this is but the way I it's going. I thought that with Sean McVay, because, you know, he was thinking about, should I, you know, retire, step away from coaching, go into the broadcast booth? And I'm thinking, he's probably thinking right now, I wish I did. <laughs> I wish I was in the broadcast booth because he's in a tough spot right now. His head is not in it. I mean, the it fact that seem like it. they almost lost Cooper Cup to a season-ending injury, and we were talking about it, Jaguars, Chargers, <clears throat> 38 to 10%. 100%. Brandon Staley doesn't take his starters out of the game, gets roasted for it. Sean yeah. McVay. That was almost the biggest blunder of his coaching career, and he's made some blunders. Yeah. To leave your superstar receiver in there and give him a screen pass when you're down 31 to 14, a minute left in the game. Made no sense. Made no sense at all. Clearly, you know, talking about retirement in the offseason and, and shifting his focus, it's it's weighing on him and it's showing with all the injuries to the Not only that, I, I think we're forgetting, like, yeah, he's a good play caller. In the NFC Championship, he called those very questionable timeouts that could have cost him the game. 100%. If, you know, if the, if the Niners, 
you know, seal the deal with that interception, we're having a whole different conversation about Sean McVay's career. Like, oh, a choker, been yeah. to the Super Bowl, you know. Did, obviously, All it takes is one play in one game. Exactly. You're 100% right. Like, like, if he loses that game, he can't beat Kyle Shanahan. He can't beat San Francisco. They lose in the conference championship game. He's not a winner. That yeah. play goes their way. They win that game. They go on to win and the Super Bowl. And the same can be attributed to Jimmy G and Kyle Shanahan. If Jimmy G really, literally makes that throw a couple of years ago against the Chiefs, the game's over, right? In the in the fourth quarter. And Brandon quarter. loves saying zero percent, but I'm going to say this: if <laughs> if the Packers had beaten San Francisco, there is zero percent chance the Rams go to Lambeau Field to Green Bay and they win that game. And also, if Kayla's Chiefs beat Cincinnati, I there's think there's no, zero percent yeah, chance the Rams would have beaten. So they got no very lucky. They got very lucky. I mean, again, they won the Super Bowl. Kudos to them. That's why I'm saying it comes down to one game. One game. And, you know, as, one good as, as good as Kayla's Chiefs are, and the Bills are, <laughs> the Dolphins made a lot of moves. And man, the Dolphins could beat them in one game, just like the Bengals did last yeah. year. You just don't know. I mean, obviously, Reed is the best play caller in the league, yep. and I do think that he'll at least get to the AFC title game at the very least. But you just never know, you know, in, the, in this game. I feel like the past couple of years, Tampa Bay was a wild card team. They went on and went, won the Super Bowl. Niners were a wild card team. They almost went to the Super Bowl. The Rams were base, a wild card team. They almost went to, I mean, they did win the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Uh, and the Cardinals, we forgot, even won the division last year. And they're terrible this year, right? So any of this could happen. It comes down to one game. And it's crazy how these narratives, like think about the Matthew Stafford narratives if he doesn't win that Super Bowl. He's not a Hall Amazing. of Famer. He yeah. sucks. You know, he's a, I mean, it's just, it's wild, but we'll see what happens. It's still early. I agree with you, though, Arash. I mean, it was the perfect opportunity for McVay not to get exposed for some questionable decisions and, you know, cement his legacy, go into being a broadcaster. Um, you know, I think he that, kicked himself for that play call at the end. I mean, because at that point yeah. in time, he did not know how bad the injury was. And I think in his mind, he's like, what the heck did I just do? I mean, 31-14, screen pass with a minute well, left. Well, the same thing with Kyle. No Why was Christian McCaffrey in the game on that no previous sense. drive for yeah. three three plays? I'm like, dude, you're going to get Christian McCaffrey hurt. Yeah. yeah, You know, you're up 31-14, put Jeff Wilson. Well, now they can't put Jeff Wilson in, but somebody, right, as like a backup. So let's, let's play this out. So the Seahawks lead the division. Yep. And if we assume, and you shouldn't assume, but let's, you know, say that the Cowboys Boys, the Giants, two NFC East teams take those last or the first two wild card spots. That leaves the division and the seventh seed. Who do we think is going to win the division? Who do we think is going to get the seventh seed in the San NFC? San Francisco is going to win the division at this point. Yeah, I, I, I still think see. when you look at the schedule, to Brandon's point, I think the Rams find a way to win enough games. Again, two losses to San Francisco, who I think could mm -hmm. be in the Super Bowl. One loss to the Bills, who I think could be playing them. I'm so sorry, Kayla. I think uh, the, it's the Bills and the Chiefs, kind of. Why so, can't they be in different conferences? That's know, the right? Super Bowl, yeah. and everyone knows so it. So it's like three of their losses, and you hate to say a quality loss, but like I'm not gonna yeah, they have them. quality losses. Yeah, it's not yeah. like they they lost. I mean, they were in they were in against the Bills for a half. Yeah. You know, uh, it, it, look look at their look at Seattle's schedule first off. Card Seattle's a cupcake schedule. Cardinals win right, so they'll be six and three. Buccaneers, I think they'll lose six and four. I'm just looking at Seattle's schedule. This is for the Rams and 49ers fans that are listening. Raiders, I even think they lose to the Raiders. I'm not bought in on Seattle. I think Geno's great, but like. It's a great I mean, story, but I don't think it's At some point, the wheels are going to fall yeah. off. How hard is it to game plan against 
four guys. They have yeah. Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, Kenneth Walker, and Geno Smith, and no defense besides Tariq Woodland. Wooden. So when I when I look at the standings, I'm always going to default to the two best quarterbacks. I got the Seahawks winning the division because they got wow. the best out of the three, and then the seven seed. You guys are going to hate me for this. The best quarterback remaining between Jimmy G, the Commanders, whoever their quarterback is going to be, <laughs> Stafford, Brady, Rogers, Murray, Dalton, and Fields. The best quarterback is Justin Fields. The Bears. So, so wait, you're go, saying? Wow. Wait, wait, wait. So you're saying on air right now the 49ers, Rams both don't make the playoffs. I think so. That, that's which would be shocking, yeah. obviously. But obviously, the the thing about both those teams is it feels like the the vibes with both those teams have kind of been off from day one. But as you mentioned, the 49ers did start three and five last year, so. They have a history, a track record. I'm glad you're saying this. Please count the 49ers out. That's when they play well. When everybody picks them, they lose. I'm I'm picking them. I know. Come on. (laughs) Chiefs and 49ers. The 49ers are still the most underrated team in the NFL. It's not even close. I know they're four and four. They should be six and one. Yeah, we get it. They lost to three really bad teams. And I'm sorry, Armand. The Bears are not going to win more than six games. They're going to lose like most of the rest of their games. I don't care how good Justin Fields is. I was so excited to see that they finally got him a weapon because the way that he's been playing, I really think that the rest of the nation hasn't really caught up to how good this kid can be. He is really very like, good. I believe that he can be on that I just different like, tier. I just think you look at like people, like GMs that are inept. Like Chase Claypool hasn't done anything. You give up a second round pick for Chase Claypool? Are you kidding? You could have given up a sixth round pick for that guy. They yeah. don't even want him. They have George Pickens playing the wide receiver too for them. Right, like, why are you giving up a second round pick? That's just, it, that's so inept, in my opinion. I can't believe they 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 did that. Two NBA games tonight: the Lakers and the Pelicans. I would normally talk about that, but I'm fascinated by the other game going on tonight. Five p.m. Clippers, Rockets, and if that sounds familiar, best because they played on Monday night in Los Angeles. Watched that game with Kayla. I watched Paul George hit a last second shot. Clippers were down by five with 90 seconds left in that game. And I don't want to say it's a must-win game, but I saw some people on Twitter effectively say, oh my God, if they lose to the one and seven, Rockets, where the heck are they? Paul George had a historic night by Clippers standards. Um, They win that game. The line of Circus Sports, by the way, Clippers favored by four and a half. I don't want to say it's a lock. I like the Rockets tonight. Home game. They they, they they found a... Listen, the, the, the Rockets should have beaten the Clippers. A, your thoughts on tonight's game. B, where the heck do we stand with the Los Angeles Clippers? They look terrible. And the thing is that they're missing open shots, kind of like similar to what the Lakers struggle with early in the season. But... The heart of the team, it just seems like they're lifeless. Every game that you watch, it seems like they're more and more inept and all the little things. And the biggest thing that I notice when I watch them is that the offense sucks, but the offense sucks because it's literally the, we're going to give it to Marcus Morris, Paul George in the mid post, and four guys are going to stand around as they isolate. And it's just, I don't know how they fix those problems because that's those players' skill set. Marcus Morris likes to isolate. Paul George likes to isolate. Kawhi Leonard, when he comes back, likes to isolate. Reggie Jackson likes to isolate. So you don't, you're never going to have like the Golden State ball movement. It's going to be about beating your man one on one. And then when, if you need to beat your man one on one, and Paul George, 
yes, he had a great game, but the effort that it takes for him this season to beat his man is more than it took last season. And then Kawhi, you're relying on him to beat his man one-on-one when we don't know what's going on with his knee. This whole thing... It. Uh, we said this with the Lakers early in the season. It has a potential to get really ugly, and if it gets ugly, they never have to deal with the media scrutiny. No, but this year they will. If they if they start, I don't even know because I don't know. I don't think anyone cares. Nobody and I hate cares. To say this. By the way, so and I have to talk to Grant about this. I applied. Remember when Paul George talked at what was it? What arena? The Forum. So Paul George talked to I the fans at the Forum. Okay. Yeah. So I applied, and I don't know why, but, but I, I couldn't go. This Clippers representative is calling me like every day, like asking for tickets. They've dropped the price down to nine dollars a game, and I'm like, I, I, maybe I'll maybe yeah. I'll do that. <laughs> the, the number of seats that are, and again, this is the beginning of what was supposed to be a championship season. It's not done yet, but I'm just giving you a perspective of they can't even fill seats right now, I mean, and that's why I'm they saying nobody cares. If they don't win the finals this year. The Lakers are not the embarrassment of the league. They are. Yeah. It's not even close. Yeah. And the Lakers aren't even the embarrassment of the league this year. It's the Nets. The Nets are yeah. worse than the Lakers. Oh, but, to, but to your point, no one's going to critique them because they're just going to move on with their lives. Whereas with the Lakers, there's that, that drama and soap opera I there. disagree for two okay. reasons. And the two reasons are because everybody loves a good train wreck. The Nets, the Lakers, and if the Clippers become that sort of train wreck. And then the second reason that people are going to care, they might have made one of the worst trades ever because Shea is turning into a oh, superstar. He's a superstar. Guys! <laughs> He's guess a superstar. Guess he's ahead of both the Lakers and the Clippers. And by the, Thunder. by the way, his rookie year in the playoffs, they're playing Golden State. He's doing it against the Warriors with KD and, and Curry. He That's why Jerry point. West, he didn't have a say, but he wanted to keep Shea Gilgis Alexander. Oh, 100%. Remember, remember that story? He's like, I did not want to And I'd be fascinated if the Thunder don't do that trade. If they're like, listen, we'll, we'll throw in another first round pick. Like, we're not trading this kid. I mean, he's a superstar. Yeah. Okay, but here's why you're wrong. Um, it's a train wreck, but it's not a public train wreck. I mean, Kawhi is not going to say anything. Paul George isn't going to say anything. Ty- it's a very they, they they're a very secretive group there. I mean, and you could so, probably count the Clippers fans on your finger in Los Angeles. No, I'm kidding. I mean, I he's mean, kidding. But what level, I'm saying is like it's you know not the I mean. same. And, and why it doesn't do the same traffic? And again, you guys yeah. are very big on social. Yeah. Nobody gives a damn, and I hate to say that because I yeah. wish that if they did. Armon, if Armon and I posted a TikTok about the Clippers, tell me what happens in comparison <laughs> to, the, to Lakers. the Lakers versus Armon. Bro, the other like night. that's why. Arm- like, if you did a Clippers TikTok versus a Lakers, yeah, Armon did a TikTok on Russ the other night. It blew up. If he did a TikTok on the Clippers so tonight, it I won't think, be as much. I think the thing is that the public is always late to catch up to what's going on. People don't watch the Clippers games like they watch Lakers games, so I don't think people understand how bad they've looked. And if the record goes from three and four to, let's say, 10 and 14, then it's going to be like, whoa, this team is actually. Who's I don't saying think, the whoa, though, like because <laughs> Los Angeles just gonna, still views the Clippers as the Clippers. I agree. But, and the rest of the country is just going to talk about the Brooklyn Nets or like, I really don't think it, it goes to like no one cares. And I but would you think that, that they will if they're 10 I and 15, they will care because I think that people assume that they're going to turn this around. I think that that's the, the I just think people in Los Angeles assume they're going to be the Clippers. And so what happens is when they blow a 3-1 lead in the playoffs, the number one thing is the Clippers are going to clip or the curse. I mean, like it's I think the bigger story is this if they're the best team in the league, if they're 
21 and five and it's like oh this is the team unfortunately and i hate to say it it's like low-hanging fruit with the clippers like no one in no one here cares so you really have to lean on the people like around the country caring and Kawhi's not going to say anything and paul george is you know paul george i, I just like i wish this wasn't the case because it's good for us when they do well but what i'm saying like they can't even sell tickets you can go to a game for nine bucks it, it they're not going to move the needle whether if they're a train wreck no one cares and if they win it's like well let's see what they do in the postseason i just yeah. Yeah, I think that the added pressure of what this season means. That's, that's a, and we now that's the it, point. Like Oklahoma City not only beats them twice in a row, but they're doing it with the guy that you gave them. 100%. And it's it's just not a good look. What do you No think tanking about, there. What do you think about what's going on in in OKC cuz you guys have to be ecstatic. I mean, this is not a surprise. We have Sam Presti, so oh, yeah. I, I have all not the faith only do they him. have Shea, they got all these draft picks. Oh yes. And so let's just say the Clippers season and their future turns to to crap. They got all these I mean Sam Presti has every pick <laughs> of the Clippers from now till the end of time. It's crazy. But I mean yeah, you gotta feel good about that. But like th- th- this this is the story with the Clippers. Where if they don't win this year, and if Kawhi's not going to be Kawhi again, if Kawhi's very content, and I, I don't know what his love is for the game. Like, if he's like, like, I'm good. I'm just done. The future of that franchise, my God. They're screwed. They are for, for a long, yeah. long time. And just so like the Nets. Yeah. I think the Nets are the same thing. I, I, I don't know who, who cares. In New, you talk to people in New York. It's not as bad as the Clippers, but it's not the same as the Knicks. And we'll love to talk about some that, that some more with Grant, Mel, Grant Mona. So let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by Grant Mona on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California of the Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mighty Year 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline right now and join our good friend, Grant Mona. Grant, how are you? I'm doing good, guys. Uh starting to feel like fall and winter finally we kind of moved past the, the heat here in socal and starting to feel a little bit like basketball season so i'm, I'm excited speaking of <laughs> basketball season and if you are listening to us in uh, the great state of hawaii you can listen to the clippers game tonight on the hawaii sports radio network that's the game i'm focused on tonight uh grant uh listen the clippers just barely beat houston they're down by five points 90 seconds left in the game paul george had to have a performance that no other clippers player has had in that team's history and now mm-hmm. they go to Houston. One and seven Houston Rockets. The Clippers, by the way, favored at Circus Sports by four and a half. A, your thoughts on this game, and B, your thoughts on the Clippers right now. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, look, the the Rockets are one of those young teams that you can never take lightly. I think we have a, a bunch of those teams uh, this year. You know, we have the Thunder, who are four and three. You have the Spurs, who are five and two. And you have this Rockets core. Yes, they're one and seven, but this Rockets core is one that I've loved and 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 some something that you got you you can't really you know just just take lightly. I don't think any teams in the West you can take lightly anymore. And you know, the Clippers. It feel like it feels like they did the last game. You know, the, the last game they played at home on Halloween. You know, they couldn't get anything going offensively. Their shooting has been horrendous from three. They've been turning the ball over at a, a high clip. I think it's like nineteen a game, twenty a game. Uh, they, they brought that down to I think fourteen or fifteen, which isn't you know still isn't that great, but it's still an improvement. Um, and you know, the Clippers have just looked dysfunctional on offense you know defensively it's weird that that both la teams they have amazing defenses because the clippers and the lakers are both rated in the top 10 in defensive rating but offensively i think they're 29th and 30th they're they're close to to the bottom 10 in in offensive rating so you know the clippers just have not been hitting their shots they're getting open threes and they're getting a lot of them marcus morris didn't hit it from three very well norm powell has been really bad offensively for them um, Reggie Jackson has been a shell of himself. So there's a lot of guys that you know, we know have talent that just aren't playing well. And I think that's that's something that they're they're kind of looking forward to. And you know, in this game, is to kind of regroup and kind of see, okay, we can build off of that. If Paul George is taking 25 shots, over 20 shots a game, they're going to have a great chance to win because he proved last the last game that he's that guy. Like he can be that number one option. I know during training camp he said that he was the number two to Kawhi Leonard. I feel like we're we're kind of past that. I think Paul George is the number one. I mean, you can't even count for Kawhi Leonard even playing anymore. He hasn't practiced all week. He's going to miss this road trip. There's a lot in flux about that, but you got to understand that Paul George can be that number one guy, and he proved that on Monday. I think he's going to be that you know as long as Kawhi's out. If, if Kawhi's out, Paul George has to play like this if the other guys aren't picking it up. And right now they're not. Zubat, him, and Kennard are probably the best three players on the team right now, which is not really great because that's who you really want to uh, to be your three best players, but it's good that those guys are stepping up in the absence of Kawhi and Robert Covington, so this is going to be a, another close game. It's not going to be a blowout. I, I can guarantee you that. These Rockets, especially at home, they play everyone tough. They played everyone tough this year already. They even played the Bucks pretty tough, so um, the Rockets are going to come out swinging. They have a lot of guys that love to shoot threes, and they got a lot of athleticism, which the Clippers can't really keep up with right now, but I expect it to be a pretty close game tonight. Yeah, and Grant, I wanted to ask you about the Lakers. They play the Pelicans tonight. This is a game mm-hmm. that a lot of Lakers fans really want. They want to build off this momentum. Anthony Davis is questionable. Probably, Aras, what do you think, doesn't play tonight? I mean, I wouldn't assume him to play. Ooh. Anthony Davis. You know what? I would sit him, but, I mean, he's really playing mm-hmm. like these games, like you said, Brandon. Like, it's a playoff let's, game. Let's yeah. get our head above water, and then he'll sit by well, he, no, he does not look healthy Brandon right now. Ingram kills them. He's yes. not playing yeah. tonight. Um, <laughs> they're going to have to stop Zion. I mean, this Pelicans team is a wagon this year. But I'm, I think it's a winnable game, Grant, if they can hit shots like they did the other night. Remember, they're undefeated once if they shoot uh, over 31% from three. Low bar, but they shot 43.3% from three. Is that sustainable? Probably not, but I want to see over 34% percent again tonight 35 percent is what i'm looking for is it possible and who do you expect to win this game tonight yeah look the, the lakers have been playing pretty good basketball i mean i know they're one in five but i i've really liked what they've kind of done with their lineups and darvin ham has done an awesome job of keeping those guys 
uh, locked in defensively. I mean, they have a top two defense. They might not. They might be number one here soon. That, that's how great they're playing on defense. And their shooting last game just came alive. I mean, the Nuggets aren't a a bad team by any stretch of, of imagination. They're actually a really good team. And to play that well against a Nuggets team that's probably going to be in the top four or five in the West is a pretty good sign. And what I love what they're doing with Russell Westbrook. They're staggering him. They're not really putting him with that the other two and creating that big three. Yes, he's coming off the bench, but he does still play with some of the starters sometimes. And they kind of stagger him to where he can handle the ball. He can run the offense. He can be that, that athletic you know, fit that they thought they were getting in the first place. And his defense, this is another thing that the people aren't really taking into account. Russell Westbrook's defense has looked the best it's looked since probably 2013. And that's a really good sign for Laker fans. I've even seen some people taking Russell Westbrook out of their trade options right now. A lot of Laker fans are like, hey, let's keep Russ and just go after Miles Turner. Now, I don't think that's a great option. I think you should probably go get a couple more shooters because you're always going to need some shooters down the stretch. But Russell Westbrook's playing that good on the defensive end. And offensively, he has a couple mishaps here and there. But in that bench role, he's played phenomenally. He had 18-8-8 or something like that almost a triple-double, and an efficient one at that, which is something that Laker fans really want to see is the efficiency. I know he's always going to get his numbers, but his efficiency has improved. And against this Pelicans team, you know, if Anthony Davis plays, I think he can he can do a pretty good job against Valanciunas. Probably not Zion. I mean, Zion is a tough ass from anybody to defend. So, uh, But, you know, with Anthony Davis's length, if he plays, they can stop Zion. And Valanciunas has the ability to stretch the floor, which may cause a problem especially if AD's, you know, still injured. But I expect this to be a close game, too, just because of that defensive factor that the Lakers bring. And you're not going to have Brandon Ingram, that's that's for sure. Um, you know, he's still out with that concussion. So that's another elite score. I don't know if Herb Jones is playing. He did not play against the Clippers, and the Pelicans still beat the Clippers. But, you know, I think that this Lakers team, if they play like that defensively, and if they get out on the run and in transition, I think they can – you know, be competitive with anybody, honestly. I mean, I think that's how good their defense is this year. They just need to shoot a little bit better. Like you said, Brandon, they need to shoot at least average. Even if you shoot your mean, they will keep up with this Pelicans team because they have the defenders to stop C.J. McCollum, maybe not Zion, but absolutely Valanciunas if AD plays. I agree with you, Grant. I want to ask you about three of the surprise teams in the Western Conference. And just tell me, do you think that this is sustainable or not? Uh, Utah, 6-2 and two currently, probably the surprise team of the year. San Antonio's 5-2. Mm-hmm. and two. And then the other one I want to mention is the Thunder. They're 4-3, and three and they have your boy Shea, who is playing <laughs> like an MVP this year. So what, do you, yeah. what are your thoughts on those three teams? Now, I do think that the Jazz and the Thunder's core is a little bit better than what the Spurs have. You know, Devin Vassell has taken a huge jump in his three-point percentage. I think he's shooting like 50% from three or, or close to that for the Spurs. So him and Keldon Johnson have been kind of in Pirtle. have been keeping that, that team afloat. Obviously, they waived Josh Primo. He was a young piece. But, you know, I think that the Jazz, what they have built there, and Danny Ainge, I don't think he was really trying to, to tank all the way because if you look at that roster, Jared Vanderbilt, Beasley, you have Conley and Rudy Gay, you have, you know, Lori Markinen, who's playing like an all-star right now. I don't know what has gotten into Lori Markinen. That's a team that's like, you look at it and you go, okay, you have Jordan Clarkson too. You kind of got a good lineup if they, you know, if they stay healthy and if they want to contend. That team is beating up on not just average teams, but pretty good teams as well. That Jazz team 
has really, really taken off. And it's really not expected by me. I didn't think Lori Markinen would turn into a 25-8-8 eight and eight guy. And, and Grant, how, he is. Grant, how about Taylor Horton Tucker? <laughs> yeah, that guy too. I mean, everyone that moves off of the Lakers, I feel like, just takes an ascension. I mean, Julius Randle did. Lonzo Ball fixed his shot. THT, they had him. I, I don't think I've ever seen THT do a post-game interview, but that's how good he was <laughs> in one of the, their recent games. He had a post-game interview. So the Jazz are great. I mean, and look, the Thunder, it hurts me so much to see Shea Gilgis-Alexander play this well after uh, Jerry West drafted him in, in that draft a couple years ago. I've always loved Shea. I will always miss Shea. And, you know, look, you did Paul George out of that trade, but Shea is bullying. I don't think he scored under 30 all year. He's getting his rebounds, too. He's proved, I mean, I just hope to God that they don't sit him. They don't uh, give him a fake injury to, to tank. This team can be good. I mean, you know, you're not you're missing Chet Holmgren, but you have Shea, um, you have Lugo and Dort, you have Poku, who's actually shooting it pretty well. So you have a core there too, where it's like, okay, now we can start kind of shifting their attention to maybe playoff contention, maybe play in contention, maybe being one of those teams that can be that surprise, like you said. So the Jazz and the Thunder are are a little bit better than the Spurs core, in my opinion. So I think that they. They, I don't think they'll they'll be a playoff team, but they can maybe flirt with the play-in. I don't think it'll last this good this long, but they can be you know some, some spoilers or a play-in contention team. Grant, I'm going to switch things over to the NFL. Um, two questions for you. First of all, did it surprise you that the Rams didn't make any moves at the trade deadline? And second, now that we're halfway through this season, where do you see the Rams finishing in this NFC West division? Yeah, the Rams, uh, I was kind of disappointed that they didn't really make any moves. I mean, I, I saw that they offered two first-round picks for Brian Burns of the Panthers. And, you know, I, I understand what they're trying to do there. Brian Burns is an awesome defensive lineman, and he's some, somebody that, you know, can make an immediate impact. But that's not what they needed. I don't know why they, they offered two firsts for him when the real options that you need is a running back and offensive line. And, look, the Rams are... They lost to the 49ers pretty big. They've gotten blown out in a lot of their games. I think Les Snead and, and that front office is just saying, okay, look, we're not going to waste our future draft picks for somebody that's really not going to get us over the hump that much. I mean, Brian Burns would have made an impact, but you know, to get an impact offensive lineman is very tough, especially at the trade deadline. Not a lot of teams are going to give up great offensive linemen at the deadline because they need offensive line. Offensive linemen is what, drive, what drives your offense in a lot of aspects. So, um, you know, the Rams, I think what they're saying is like, look, we're going to bank on us getting healthy. We're going to bank on us getting getting things right. And look, in the first half of that Niners-Rams game, they looked like a competent offense. And just after that, they, they kind of stagnated. They, you know, they got pressure on the Matt Stafford again. And, you know, you saw that it faltered. You know, the defense faltered as well. So, you know, for the Rams, I think they're just saying, hey, look, we're going to we're gonna keep this team. We're going to see how it goes. If we don't make the playoffs, we don't make the playoffs. But we're not trading future draft capital that we can use in the offseason or even next year to trade for somebody when we're a little bit better, when we have kind of a plan of how to you know go about your offensive line, your running back situation. Um, so I, I just think that the Rams, they're, I wouldn't say they're punting on the season, but they're, they're kind of saying, okay, look, none of these moves that we make are going to get us way over the hump. Last year, Von Miller and OBJ put them over that hump. They got them past what they could be. And I think that this year there was just nothing out. And Kareem Hunt could have, but he he wasn't really that impact guy that, that you saw in, in years past that could put them over the top. So the Rams have a tough schedule ahead. I, I've been saying this for, for months. Is that they, they just have such a tough schedule. I, I still see them finishing like 10-7, and 7, maybe 9-8. and 8. They're really not 
a great team this year. I think they're just banking on being competitive for the fans and then next year kind of regrouping, doing some stuff in the offseason and being competitive next year. Yeah, and Grant, I wanted to ask you about the series real quick. Philly, 7 nothing. Mattress Mac was mad, obviously. Oh, yeah. You've seen that video <laughs> Armand showed us. Yeah. Um, nicest guy in the world going nuts. I mean, the Phillies fans can do that to you. They are ruthless, and they are they love their team. I, mean, I don't know if you saw that one guy who said, yeah, I'll leave my family for the Phillies to win the World Series. Did you see that, Armand? <laughs> I did not see that. Grant, you saw that? He's like, yeah, we're not going home tonight. If Phillies win the World Series, I'm leaving. I would leave my wife for the Phillies to win the World Series and my family. Um, that's how diehard they are. Is it going to happen? Do the Phillies, you know, pull it out? Bryce Harper looked fantastic. They were a wagon last night. I know I've been using the term wagon a lot. But, uh, yeah, they were great. They were dominant. What happens tonight? Um, I do think that the Astros even it back up because the Astros, you know, the Phillies played very well in game one. Astros came back game two, played extremely well. They they dominated, actually, in game two. They're pretty good after a loss, I, I, and, and they're pretty good coming back from adversity. I, I wouldn't count this Astros team out yet. Um, but you know the Phillies look—they're they're clicking on all cylinders. What's what should scare Astros fans is that this pitching staff, besides Wheeler and Nola, you have Ranger Suarez, who last night pitched fantastic over five innings. They left him in for that fifth inning after he got into some trouble. He finished that inning, gave him five quality innings. There's guys that are in this bullpen. There's guys that are you know not Wheeler and Nola that are just getting the job done. That I don't think any of us expected really. I thought that. You know, the Astros would kind of get to those those three and four guys. But now, now you know, since that rain delay, you have Wheeler lined up for, you know, critical games. You have Noah lined up for critical games. And you can go into the, these next couple games and say, okay, our offense has been falling out. Schwarber's been hitting the, the cover off the ball. Harper's been hitting the cover off. Our offense is fine. If we pitch well enough, we can, t- we can win in five. And I think they could, but I do think that the Astros will come back, even the series, um, and then I do see the Phillies winning games, game, uh, that would be game five. Yeah, five. Um, and then that would take it three to two. I think game six, Phillies could close out in Houston. That would be pretty cool. But, um, yeah, I do think the Astros will even it up. They, they have a lot of good pitching. They have a, a great offense. That, that was just stagnant last night. So I think that the Astros can still even it up. Um, it'll be a great series. I, I think that's what baseball fans would want is just a six or seven game series. I think it does get to that. Uh, we had a very uh, kind of eye-opening column in this in the Sporting Tribune. Blake Harris wondering: mm-hmm. Are the Dodgers considering signing villain Carlos Correa? Listen, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. if you can sign someone who can help you win, but one of the main uh, you know central figures in the ste- sign stealing scandal. Grant, as a Dodgers fan, the the, the um, heartache that you got from that, what would you think if the Dodgers went out and signed Carlos Correa? You know, Arash, at this point, after the pain <laughs> that we went through in the NLDS, I wouldn't be opposed to it. And I know a lot of Dodgers fans are going to hate to hear that, but Carlos Correa is a great baseball player. And if you can get him on your team, he's a great defender. He has a shotgun arm. He still has speed. He still has power. His contact dropped off a little bit. His averages weren't really where they, they were the previous year with the Astros last year with the Twins. I think that was just the, you know, the change of scenery in Minnesota. They weren't very good. Um, I think if he goes to another competitive team like the Dodgers, he can be that guy. I'm not even worried about his performance on the field and the fit. I'm just worried about how the fans would treat him. I'm kind of yeah. worried that if he comes to the Dodgers and you know he's not doing as great as people want him to be, that fans are just, I mean, they're going to turn on him immediately, even without a, a great performance. I'm worried more about that when, in actuality, he's such a great fit for the Dodgers. I mean, he's 
he's he's a Hispanic player um, in a Hispanic area, you know, with a lot of culture, deep rooted in that Dodgers organization. He can bring a lot of great things to this organization, not just on the field but off the field. And you know, we know what he did in 2017. But like I said, I put this out on Instagram. I made a piece about Dodger fans have to get over this Astros thing. The Astros have done what they had to do after their World Series runs. They've done it after their cheating scandal. They've made the World Series twice. The Dodgers have not. I mean, they made it in 2020, but they missed it last year. They missed it this year. So we have to get over this Astros thing at some point. Yes, they cheated. Yes, it's such a, a big debacle. But as Dodgers fans, we need another title, and this guy can contribute to that title if we lose Trey Turner and if we don't sign, Dan- sign Dansby Swanson, if we don't sign Xander Bogart. It's a loaded shortstop class, but, you know, Carlos Correa is probably at the top of that, in my opinion. And Grant, last two minutes here. I wanted to bring up the Angels. What do you expect them to do in free agency with the sale of the team not complete? Oh, the Angels. Um, I, I mean, I do think they should extend Shohei Otani for more than just a year. I think that should be one of their priorities. But, you know, pitching, pitching, pitching. Everyone always talks about it. You can go out and get a guy like Rodon or DeGrom. Now, for the Angels, it's always the instance of, okay, we can go out and get these guys. Because they went out and gotten pitching before way back in the day. I mean, they, they got C.J. Wilson, they got, you know, Zach Greinke, and nothing came of it. So, you know, you can get a guy like Rodon or DeGrom, but, you know, will they pan out? Will they be the guys that they were on their previous teams? I think that's a, a question that all Angels fans should have is like, yes, we can go out and get these free agents. We can go out and try to get Trey Turner or try to get one of these top shortstops and try to get you know, top arms, but, you know, will they pan out? Because we've seen that it hasn't worked for the Angels in the past. Um, I think what they should do is bring up all, a, a lot of their draft picks that they've made over the past couple of years. Even if they're one year out from being drafted, bring them up, give them a chance. These, they have a lot of good arms in their system that just aren't being brought up. Detmers has looked awesome. Uh, Sandoval looked great. Um, you know, you have kind of a core for pitching, and your offense, if they stay healthy, is always good, but they just don't stay healthy. So I think you should just inquire within in terms of pitching. If you can't sign anybody, inquire within. Bring up your guys. You drafted them for a reason. Bring up. Now is the time to win for the Angels. And I think that if they strike out on these big free agents, it's not the worst thing in the world. You still have guys that can do it in that you've drafted in the past couple of years that are top arms. And by the way, guys, we are in this unique position where there are three professional sports franchises for sale. I mean, you rarely see that these days, but the Suns are for sale. The Washington mm-hmm. Commanders, we just found out, are for sale. And the Los Angeles Angels are for sale. And and, and so we're, we're kind of in this un- unique space where, generally speaking, you know, you, you don't see a professional sports team for sale. We got three of them for sale right now. So we'll see what happens with all of those teams. But listen, yes, I agree with you, Grant. I want to see Shohei Otani here. I want to see Mike Trout here. Yeah. I want them to be here for the long term. All right. That's all the time we have for today, Grant. Thanks so much. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe, stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend, now a ghost in the dark. Hard part about it, brother got Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.